Welcome to the Circuit Court of Cook County, one of the largest unified court systems in the world. In the United States, the right to a trial by jury is guaranteed by your service. You will be participating in a 200-year-old jury system that is unlike any other. From WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune, this is 16 Shots, the police shooting of Laquan McDonald. I'm Jen White, and we have a jury. Okay, we're here today to see if this is a bench trial, jury trial. What is your decision? Yes, Judge. Um, as you know, we have a pending uh, change of venue motion. Listen, you know, I understand. Of course I know. Without waiving any of those arguments that we've made, the defendant will opt for a jury trial. Yesterday, the final juror plus five alternates were selected. Judge Gaughan hasn't ruled yet on a defense request to move the trial out of Cook County, but he did rule on another motion. The defense asked the judge to throw out the whole jury that's been selected because they claim those jurors may have been intimidated by the protesters outside the courthouse. Gaughan rejected that motion today. We had a very thorough voir dire examination of the potential jurors and, uh, a lot were struck, a lot were, but the ones that were uh, impaneled uh, did not have that fear, were not intimidated. So we now know the 12 jurors who will decide if Officer Jason Van Dyke committed murder when he shot Laquan McDonald 16 times in 2014. WBEZ's Shannon Heffernan reported on the jury selection process this week, and she's at the Layton Criminal Courthouse now. Shannon, even after almost a week of jury selection, it wasn't clear until today that this trial would even be decided by a jury. Explain that. That's right. It's very rare for this decision to come so last minute. But under Illinois law, Jason Van Dyke has the right to wait to almost the last moment to make this decision about whether or not he wants a jury or a judge to decide the verdict. In fact, it's not until after the 12th juror is sworn in. So today was pretty much his last chance to make that call. And he told us he was going for a jury trial. Well, now that we know we have a jury trial, break down the panel for us. Who will be deciding Van Dyke's fate? So 12 jurors, one black juror, one Asian juror, seven jurors that we think are white, and three jurors that we think are Latina or Latino. Um, I want to stress here that these IDs are purely by what we can do visually in the courtroom. We don't have those people self-identifying. The group has eight women in it, so more women than men in this jury, and they come from a lot of different backgrounds. One woman wants to be a Chicago police officer. She's actually already passed the written and physical exams for Chicago police. There is another man with a nuclear engineering degree, a stay-at-home mom, a woman who says her parents work the fields of Texas, and a guy who is a financial analyst. There was also diversity of how much people had heard about the case. Some people had seen the video and had some thoughts. Others had heard almost nothing about the case. But they all said that they could keep their opinions and their knowledge of what they already know outside the courtroom when they make the decision. So for you, what stands out most about this jury? Well, I think it's that there was only a single black juror. And I noticed when I was coming into the courthouse a couple days ago, protesters who were here were talking about the lack of representation from the black community. So 
I think you need to think about this trial sort of in two different ways. The trial itself and then how these things are playing on the, the bigger stage in the community. And I think that, that the fact that there's a single African-American on the jury is going to be something that, that some folks will find to be a sore spot. Shannon, thanks. Now, Chip Mitchell has also been at the courthouse during jury selection this week. Chip, we ended up with just one African-American juror and six or seven white jurors in a county that's 25 percent black and 42 percent white. How did that happen? Well, Jen, one solid thing we can look at, as they were questioning prospective jurors this week to come up with the 12 that'll serve, the prosecutors and defense team both used five peremptory challenges. That's when they exclude a prospective juror without having to explain why. Jen, all five of the prosecutors' peremptory strikes excluded whites, and all five that the defense used excluded people of color. Is there evidence that their decisions were based on race? Well, it would be illegal if they were based solely on race. Uh, Both sides claimed the other was doing it. Uh, Judge Gaughan did not go along with either of those claims. Uh, So I I guess we have to look at who they were actually excluding. For the prosecutors, these white folks, some of them had ties to law enforcement. This one guy, he works in a UPS warehouse, he said. He actually is a CPD applicant right now, and he's expecting to enter the academy very soon. But Chip, actually, there is a juror who's also trying to become a Chicago police officer. Yeah, one CPD applicant made it onto the jury. And the defense actually tried to make hay of this and pointed it out when the defense was attacking the prosecutors for race-based peremptory challenges. That CPD applicant who made it onto the jury, by the way, is Latina. The CPD applicant who was excluded is white. For the defense, it was harder to see the reasons other than race. For example, there was this woman who works at the big county hospital here in insurance. She answered all the questions about bias, just like what you might want in a juror. So she said several times, you know, she didn't, she didn't have her mind made up. There were three sides to every story. That was a line she used. The defense said it wanted her off the jury because of stuff like she lived on the west side where Laquan McDonald spent much of his childhood and because she has two sons roughly his age. Chip, Dan Herbert was accused by a federal judge of using race in jury selection. Tell us about that. Last year, he was representing a different Chicago police officer who'd fired 16 shots. This cop was shooting at a stolen car full of black teens that was backing away from him. His name's Marco Proano. He faced federal civil rights charges. At one point in jury selection, there were just four African-Americans left in the pool. Herbert tried to exclude them all. The judge did not let him and put one of those African-Americans on that jury. And in a hearing after the trial, the judge basically chastised Herbert about it. What does Herbert have to say about it now? Well, I got a chance to ask him a couple weeks ago. He invited me to talk in his office. Well, one of the things that I look for when I select a jury is where are those people from? You know, I'm a lifelong Chicagoan, and I can, if I know where somebody went to high school and where they grew up and where they live, I usually get a pretty good read on that person. So the race factor in itself is not that big of an issue, but somebody that has to make a tough decision in this case, and if that tough decision is not guilty and they have to go back to a neighborhood that has been uh, critical of Van Dyke and the police department, um, it's going to put an exorbitant amount of pressure on that individual. Whatever Herbert's reasoning, the end result is that just one of the 12 jurors in the Van Dyke trial is black. And this is in a case where race has been a major part of the conversation. So how rare is it 
for a jury in a diverse county like Cook to have just one black juror. Joining us to talk about it are WBEZ's race, class, and communities editor, Alden Lowry, and Andrea Lyon. She's a former Cook County public defender, and she's a professor at Valparaiso University School of Law. Andrea, out of the 12 jurors in the Van Dyke case, only one is African-American, and that's in a county that's about 25% black. What do you make of that? Well, I mean, it doesn't look good. It looks like the jury is skewed before we start in favor of the police because there's, you know, you can say what you want, but this is a very racial trial. I mean, it has to do with race. Race is a big part of why Mr. Van Dyke did what he did and felt he could do what he did and could felt he could lie about it. Why is it important to have a jury that at least somewhat mirrors the county's demographics? There are a lot of reasons for this. First of all, it's fair. You want, when you say a jury of your peers, that should mean your peers, which includes at least the same percentage of representation that you are in the city and in the county. But secondly, it's not only important to do justice, it's important to appear to do justice. And if you have a jury that's primarily white or all white that votes with the white police officer, that is a recipe for public disaster. So we know a person can't be excused from serving on a jury simply because of their race. But are there ways that defense teams or prosecutors introduce race or able to strike people without actually saying it's race? Yes. There's a strike for cause and then there's a strike peremptorily. And a strike for cause, you have to have cause. That is, you have to be able to show that for some reason this particular juror can't be fair. But a peremptory challenge is basically each side gets seven, as I understand it, and they can simply excuse jurors because they just don't have a good feeling about them. This has become or had become a stand-in for race, and which was forbidden in the, the 1986 uh, decision of Batson versus Kentucky, but there are lots of ways around it. So if Um, There's a pattern of excusing people, say, African-Americans, by either side, the defense or the prosecution, and that pattern is brought to the judge's attention. The judge then has to make an inquiry of the lawyers as to their reasons for excusal, and as long as the person exercising the peremptory can give what's called a race-neutral reason, then it's allowed, and a race-neutral reason is pretty much anything you want it to be. They looked at me, they didn't look at me. They're married, they're single, they rent, they own, they work, they don't work. All of these things have been accepted by appellate courts in Illinois as race-neutral reasons. Alden, you wrote about a case when you were at the Chicago Reporter that was also about a Chicago police officer and had a jury with a similar makeup to the Van Dyke trial. Tell us about that case. Sure. This was a murder trial uh, long ago, back 2001, actually, involving uh, the uh, murder of a Chicago police officer who was working a detail in the uh, Robert Taylor homes. Um, the teenager by the name of Jonathan Tolliver had been accused of his murder. And there was a trial, and there were actually two African-Americans on the jury, and uh, ended in a hung jury. Uh, it was a gentleman, an African-American gentleman named Sam Ship, 63-year-old widower, who was the lone holdout, and the trial, uh, the jury had deliberated, I think, for several days, and uh, the other 11 jurors, uh, over the course of a day or two, had come to the decision to convict, and Ship uh, held steadfast that uh, he hadn't heard enough 
to vote to convict. And the judge, uh, was Dennis Porter, I believe, ultimately ruled uh, it'd be a hung jury. And the case, they had to essentially uh, retry Tolliver, uh, select another jury and do the process all over again. Alden, you know, we reached out to Sam Shipp about the Tolliver case, and he said he talked enough about the experience. He didn't want to go over it again. But you did get a chance to talk to him when you were doing this story. What did he tell you? He said the experience was uh, was interesting. Uh, he talked about uh, the other jurors not really knowing what uh, his experience had been as an African-American male coming up in Chicago. Just a couple of years before this trial, he had been arrested uh, for a drug possession charge that was dismissed for a uh, lack of probable cause, I was told by the state attorney's office. And what uh, Ship said was that as they were deliberating, and the case really boiled down to Tolliver and a number of uh, uh, witnesses, people that knew him, uh, who also lived in the Robert Taylor homes as he did, who talked about him as an individual, talked about where he was that particular night, and uh, the testimony of police officers, and a number of other individuals who lived in the Taylor homes who had fingered Tolliver, but then recanted. And in recanting, they said they were essentially coerced by police officers to finger Tolliver. So the case really boiled down to who you believe. And so Ship, in their deliberations, said, you know, cops do lie. And I've had a number of uh, experiences over the course of my life as an African-American male where I've seen cops lie. I know that cops have lied. And so I just I have reasonable doubt that what the prosecution is presenting in that case is what happened. And uh, the other jurors, he said there was a black woman who was also on the jury who was the last essentially to vote to convict, but that he and he felt that she was pressured by the other 10 jurors. And he said he wouldn't buckle to that pressure. When you take a a step back and look more broadly at how race and jury selection intersects in Chicago, what do you find? A lot of my experiences from uh, working on that story and then another story uh, and really digging into uh, the jury selection process, had a chance to watch jury selection unfold at the criminal courthouse for probably a half dozen trials, talk with the jury administrator, talk with folks who'd studied jury composition. Uh, The sense that I got, uh, and also from data analysis we did on jury composition here in Cook County, is that uh, for that particular case, and this is how we led the story with Ship, was that he was essentially a unicorn, if you will, uh, a black man on a jury for a murder trial with a black male defendant. That just didn't happen very often. Black men were the most underrepresented demographic group by race and gender in the analysis that we did, uh, looking at six months worth of uh, jury composition data that we'd gotten from Cook County. And there haven't been a lot of very public challenges or or complaints uh, about the jury selection process here in Cook County, but my takeaway was that black men are underrepresented mostly because there's a very clear effort to make sure that they are not on juries. And so even if there are race-neutral explanations given whenever there's a Batson challenge, uh, even if there are peremptory challenges used, uh, there are strikes for cause, there seems to be a clear effort to make sure that black men are not on juries very often in Cook County. And it makes sense from a standpoint of uh, prosecutors wanting to assemble a jury that will you know, best serve their interests, best uh, help them uh, get convictions. So we've talked a lot about race, but Alden, we should say that's not the only factor 
that can be taken should be taken into consideration in jury diversity. Talk about that. Uh, Yes. uh, From the study we looked at, we were also particularly interested in people in terms of income. And your poorest communities are often the lack representation on juries. So that's a part of this as well. And uh, when we think about Laquan McDonald, Laquan McDonald lived a very unique life experience. He had a unique experience. He lived a unique life, even as a black male in Chicago. I'm a black male, grew up in Chicago. I didn't live the life that Laquan McDonald lived. And so that's a part of this as well. And so you could you could literally have a jury of 12 African-Americans. And if none of them can relate to the life that Laquan McDonald lived from the standpoint of uh, the very poor uh, circumstances that he came up in, his challenges uh, living and growing up in the child welfare system. Not that you have to have 12 jurors who have that experience, but that's an element of this as well, just uh, in terms of income, in terms of uh, poverty. And juries in Cook County rarely have members that can relate to that experience. All right, Monday the uh, jury will... uh be presented in court. Uh, we'll swear them at that time, and then we have other motions that uh, have to be heard. So the jury's been seated, and now the trial of Officer Jason Van Dyke will begin in earnest on Monday with opening statements. Activists like Will Calloway have their own plans for Monday. We ask you to come out, be aggressive, come out, be passionate, come out and exercise your First Amendment, but please come out and be peaceful. That's next time on 16 Shots, the police shooting of Laquan McDonald. 16 Shots is a production of WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune. You can find out more about the case at wbez.org slash 16 Shots. Check this podcast feed regularly for updates from the trial of Officer Jason Van Dyke. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, more than ever, facts matter. That's why the journalists at the Chicago Tribune are committed to quality journalism, relentlessly pursuing the truth, and providing you with the stories that impact your community, as well as your daily life. Get fact-based journalism and support the future of investigative reporting, like 16 Shots, by subscribing to the Chicago Tribune today. Visit chicagotribune.com slash 16 Shots for a special subscription offer just for listeners of this podcast.